Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Coming up on TMS, 90 is the new 89. Ram the men parts. Best horse in Disney history. Come on, Siri, pay attention. The overwhelming sound of silence. The prince was whatever, and he became a thing. (laughs) PHP equals programmer hates programming. Holistic baby chickens. All cream and Splenda. She doesn't know how to use a fork. That's hot. Was there a movie about Atlantis called Atlantis something? The Grumpy Old Man Prize. Paul Simon is a Chevy chaser. No bells with Bobby. (laughs) Therapy Thursday and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. That old, ever-popular theme of rock and roll music. Is it damaging the brains of the young people of America? The morning stream, it's totes fat. It is totes fat. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, my name is Scott. That's Brian, and we're here to do TMS, the morning stream for October 14th, 2021. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Scott. You know what I just did? What? So when I make my coffee and I pour it, as I do, as people hear, as I pour it on this show, sure. um, I don't bring a spoon down here. So what I do is I take a little packet of Splenda, mm-hmm. I put it in the cup. Mm-hmm. So if I finish the, you know, get down to the bottom, but not to the very, very bottom because this ember mug still continues to cook. And if oh, I leave yeah. just a little bit of coffee in the bottom, yeah. it's going to start smelling and, and smelling bad. Right. So uh, when I get very, very close to the bottom, I take a packet of Splenda, rip it open, I put it in the cup. Then yeah. I take my, my little thermos of creamer here and I pour a little bit of creamer in there. And then, I, uh, and then I get my coffee and I pour the coffee in there. And the process of pouring the coffee in there automatically stirs the contents and makes it a very uniform container sure. of coffee. Sure, I, find, I think that sounds very efficient so far. So far, so good, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, until pre-show, I do the first two things, and then I got caught up in a story about a toucan, <laughs> and I forget to pour the coffee in. Yeah. And I see that I still have a little bit of coffee left in the bottom of the cup, and I take a drink, and it's all cream and, sh- oh. and Splenda. Oh, no. That's no good. You don't want yeah, that. so that yeah. was a very tasty... Uh, Mistake. A very tasty combination. <laughs> a very tasty error in, in judgment. A very morning. tasty error. Uh, well, awesome. Uh, hey, uh, listen, all that stuff we just said about the toucan and everything, you can oh, hear yeah. all that if you're a patron of the show. Uh, it's it's bonus <laughs> content that we put out. And so if you're like, toucan, I must know more. Toucan, yes. Yeah. That sounds like a very uplifting story about a bird. I can't wait to listen to it as a patron. Yeah, there's nothing sad or depressing about it at all, that story. And uh, you can hear it if you're a patron. So go over to patreon.com slash TMS and find out for your own selves. <laughs> Uh, all right. Last uh, last night, um, 
a very weird thing happened. Not a weird thing. Just something that surprised me. My daughters, uh, Taylor Elaine Straw Johnson. Uh-huh. That's kind of a full name, isn't it? Johnson Straw, right? Yeah. Well, oh yeah, you'd be, yeah. It'd be the the old the old maiden name first, right? Yeah. 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 Out with the old, in with the new. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and and her sister Carter Elizabeth Johnson. Uh, they are both, uh, uh, you know, cool kids. They're great. I love my daughters. Sure. They're awesome. Sure. But uh, we're they're sitting around, and uh, for some reason, the topic came up of who is the hottest two D. Disney male character in the history of oh, Disney animation. Okay, all right. And wow, two D. You put a limitation of two D on there. I guess. Uh, yeah, they don't want the three. The three D are just toys. Yeah, they don't... <laughs> <laughs> toys, fish. Sure, uh... sure. And nobody's picking like Olaf or you know or not Olaf. He's the he's the snowman. What's the what's the name of the guy uh, the, in Frozen? He's like the guy with the moose. I can't think of his name. Oh, Christoph. Yeah, I don't know. Christoph, that's it. Uh, Christoph, okay. Uh, sure. So they're they're not counting any of our 3D Disney or Pixar right. type stuff. Right. It's okay. all and 2D. known live action Marvel stuff or, no. Disney, or uh, Star Wars stuff since that's now Disney. Yeah, none of that. None I of can't the... say Kylo Ren and his uh, torso. <laughs> no. Although mean, that is 2D. It is It is kind of 2D, isn't it? I've never seen him turn <laughs> sideways, so I don't know what's going yeah. on with him. Yeah. Anyways, it came down to... You know, they ran through all these names. I can tell you that yeah. Quasimodo's not on there, although they think he has the best voice of all of them. How about uh, Gaston? Uh, uh, for Gaston. all of his failings, Gaston was uh, quite a looker. He was, but he was so sure that he was one that yeah, I think that, that puts you makes off. him uglier, right? Yeah, it makes yeah. you ugly when, you, when you're that yeah. into yourself. So sure. they ended up picking Tarzan as number one. Okay. Like, by far, they said, oh, yeah, he's the hottest dad. He's the yeah, hottest. Yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's made to be hot. He is. He, he totally is. Uh, Hercules not on the list, although they both love Hercules, but not on this list. Mm. Uh, runner up was Shang from uh, Mulan. The let's get down to business. That guy. Okay. All right. They think he's a real a real uh, was, looker. Was uh, the Patrick Warburton character from The Emperor's New Groove? Uh, <laughs> Did he make it on? Was that was that Disney? That wasn't that Disney. Was, was no, it? it was totally Disney. It was Disney. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's back when they were still making two D stuff, and uh, I love that movie. I think Emperor's yeah, New yeah. Groove is freaking amazing, yeah. partially because you know it's it feels like it's a comedy. Patrick Warburton and David Spade, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. What yeah. and John Goodman? What else are you gonna get in your life? It's amazing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yeah, and Carter. Oh, is she in here now? She may. She'll be able to correct any of this. I get wrong. That didn't come up either. But I know they both love that movie. Um, but for whatever reason, I don't know if this is just the way I raise my kids, but they have an appreciation for the for the stuff that wasn't mainline. Like they like that. Mm-hmm. They really liked sure uh, the Atlantis one. What was that called? Uh, a quest for or whatever it was. All was I know it, is it was, yeah, yeah, that's right. It was Atlantis, and then like a um, like a like a like a colon, and then something. Right, right, right. It was the submersed like the submarine thing. Oh, um, shit. Was it just called oh, Atlantis? No, no, there was it was Atlantis something. The Lost City? No. The Lost City? No. Atlantis? The Lost Empire? Maybe? No. I don't know. All right, maybe are we think maybe are we getting things? I just remember James Garner was the bad guy and he was awesome in that role. I just remember thinking oh, that was really? great. People a lot of people are saying The Lost Empire, Atlantis The Lost Empire. Okay. Yeah, and it had uh, the main character was played by Michael J. Fox and it was one of the first things mm-hmm. he was doing after his him leaving like live action stuff due to his diagnosis. Anyway, 
I don't know why I remember all that, but they love those kind of weird little offshoots. They like DreamWorks movies like the the Moses one. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, the 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 Sinbad one. I can't remember the names of these, but mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. love that stuff. Like and uh, Brother Bear. Do they like Brother Bear? They do like Brother Bear. Yeah, and Tristan was big into Brother Bear. The best part of Brother Bear is it's got Bob and Doug McKenzie in it. That's yes. great about that. Playing playing little Canadian versions of Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah, they're great. just they're yeah. they're mooses, but they're it's the same thing. It's the same characters. Yeah, yeah they may as well have just r- lifted they do audio. Everything to go. <laughs> <laughs> and they may even have done that. I don't remember, but but yeah, Brother yeah. Bear was pretty cool. Uh, open season. I don't remember what that is. That's three D. Open yeah. season's not. Listen, we're in the two D world, Guacmar. Come on now. Hey, hey you know what'd be really creepy. Uh, if you and I discussed the hottest Disney uh, female characters, <laughs> oh yeah, see why is that? Isn't so, that weird? Isn't it that is weird. weird. Uh, like uh, it is weird. Like I was just—that's a great point, uh, Brian. That, that Ariel, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she had seashells, but only for, when she's got legs, yeah. Yeah. not when she's half fish. Yeah, yeah. I don't like half fish, but she got seashells on her boobies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why is Except it? She doesn't know what a fork is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good poll. I forgot about that bit with the fork. <laughs> <coughs> she wanted to be in there in that world or whatever she says. It but, is, uh, yeah, that is exactly why it's weird, Dice Tomatoes, because they're all teenagers. Like yeah. Ariel's young, Pocahontas is young, yeah. Mulan. Well, I guess Pocahontas is probably the oldest of the one of the oldest of the two D Disney princesses. Oh yeah, who is the who would be the oldest Disney princess? Someone's done this work, right? You think you think this is a BuzzFeed? Which which of the oldest Disney princesses are you? Are you? Yeah, it would have to be a quiz. But uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oldest Disney princesses. Yeah. Well, they're gonna. It's gonna be the oldest in who was introduced first, right? Um. Oh no! Oh, here we go. It's not because okay. Snow White came up first, and that is the the oldest. Oh, she's the she's the oldest. Okay. But I she's mean, also the oldest in the way of. Uh, been around the longest. Oh, okay. Well, let's but, see. Uh, uh, apparent, okay, parents in 1950. Oh, I see. So, yeah, these are yeah, they're in order chronological release. We don't want yeah. that. That's not what we want, is it? That's not what we want at all. Who is the oldest Disney princess, non-teenager? Okay, here we go. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, God, I think this I sounds like it. a site that was set up so somebody could do this and not be creepy. It looks like Moana was 16. Elsa is 21. Okay, Elsa's the Elsa's it. She's the Elsa's the oldest. She's okay. the oldest Disney princess and the only non-teenager. So the rest of them are all teens. So, all right. Well, says okay. this article on Wiki Livre. Well, whatever. Snow White speculated to be fourteen, uh-huh. and uh, Prince Florian speculated between twenty-seven and thirty-one. <laughs> that's uh, not right. That's weird. I don't know if I believe that. Well, this is, uh, yeah, I don't know where this speculation comes from. Not confirmed by Disney, but it's speculated that Prince Florian of Snow White is between 27 and 31. Meanwhile, Snow White, uh, speculated to be about 14. Different time then, I guess, right? I don't know. I don't yeah, know how stuff yeah. worked then. Was that a thing where you'd go after way younger peoples when you were dating? Yeah. Yeah. yeah not cool. Uh, let's see. Tiana from um, The uh, Princess and the Frog. Um, oh, I like that 19 movie. in the movie. Okay. All right, yeah, that's a that's a you know she's she can almost vote. No, she can vote. Never mind, she can vote. She can vote. Speculate. Uh, Cinderella speculated to be nineteen. No, 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 nineteen. Although, wait, that movie's set in the eighteen hundreds, right? The Princess and the Frog. Yeah, she couldn't vote. 
<laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> but, nope, that's true. Yeah, that's you, true, you see yeah. where I'm coming from here. But yeah, definitely wasn't. There was no voting then. Um, uh, let's see. Some more big, some more <laughs> gaps. Nothing like uh, Snow White and Florian. But uh, let's see. Aurora, uh, 16, Philip, 20. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Bell, 17. Adam, 21. He was 11 when he transformed into the beast, but he's 21 now. So 11. I didn't know that. Yeah. In the cartoon uh, 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 canon? I guess in so. In the cartoon canon, he was 11 when transformed. Oh, yeah, weird. Because the, the intro, he's, he's definitely not 11 in that intro. Uh, mm-hmm. where, where David Ogden Stiers, a.k.a. Winchester from MASH, is narrating. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a, it's like storybook style. And it's like, but the prince was whatever, and he became a thing. And and there's no way what they were showing there was 11. But okay, mm-hmm. whatever, Disney. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Anna, 18. So Elsa's 21, but Anna's 18. Hans and Kristoff are 23 and 21, Great. respectively. Great. Uh Let's see. Still a little Rapunzel, uh, 18, Flynn or Eugene, I guess, depending on the, the movie or, or the two suitors, 26 Jeez. to Rapunzel's 18. Really? <laughs> yeah. They really spread the, the, the they age. really did. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing, nothing quite as bad though, as Snow White, 14, uh, Prince Florian, minimum speculation, 27. <laughs> Ethan in the chat. Maybe Carter needs to go downstairs and fix her dad. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? Did I do what? I, I mean, I, I don't want to date any of these people. Okay. Any of these fake cartoon people? Not interested. Not really right. my thing. But Brian. Right, right. What's, what is the story with uh, Rapunzel and Flynn? Why is it? Oh, Eugene and Flynn are the same person. He was masquerading. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, I see. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that one I didn't know. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know Flynn and Eugene are the same person. I don't think I've ever seen Tangled. Tangled is amazing. Is it? Yes, okay. like legit funny, best horse in Disney history. Like there's some stuff in Tangled. Tangled really? is freaking okay. great. Yeah. All right. Like way better than you'd All think. Right. It's If anything, it's like they took one of the most saccharine, boring ideas and then just went nuts with it and made it really good. The horse is amazing. Hmm. Like right, I know, I'm going I, on looking right now. Everyone Disney likes a Plus. Disney horse. Oh, it's on. There. I'm assuming Tangled has to be on Disney Plus, right? Yeah, definitely on there. And everyone sitting in the chat, Pegasus is not the best horse. He's a good horse. There's many good horses in Disney's. <laughs> Disney has great horses. There's no question. But Tangled is. I right, unapologetically I mean, love. I just added Tangled to my uh, queue to watch. All right. I, 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 I didn't. I, do, I didn't yeah. hover over, hover over it, and all that stuff. I actually. <laughs> you didn't make a GIF and then put it online. You didn't. Yeah, do that? no, I didn't. I didn't do any of that. Uh, so now, when I open up Apple TV on my uh, television, it's going to be the far left thing saying, "You should watch me." Do it. You've watched everything else. You may as well watch that because you've caught up on I everything have. I'm behind on. So go for it. Yeah. Well, I'm not, but I'm I'm lousy uh, with comic books as far as being caught up on comic books. Yeah. I have so many things added to my queue in Marvel Unlimited, but... It's hard to know um, where to start, right? It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I just gotta watch that. Oh, but I want to finish watching Titans this season. That's really good. They're doing the whole um, uh, Jason Todd, Red Hood. Oh, I love I don't that know, story. I don't know Great. how close this one's following the comics. Because uh, in the comics, it wasn't Scarecrow that was working with... Mm-mm. Jason Todd was uh, Joker was working mm, with uh, shit. no uh, Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Deathstroke was I think working so. with uh, which Jason I think, Todd. Yeah, which I think yeah. is the whole 
Oh, now I don't remember. I just read this not long ago. Or I read an offshoot story and they were talking about some of that stuff. And I forget. It's great, though. Somebody that, in the chat room will clear it up. That um, Under the Red Hood animated film they made is so good. Is it really? Oh, okay. it's so good, Brian. It's one of the best. Yeah, they get those things. Uh, DC, DC gets those animated things uh, right. Yeah, they they're get really it right. good at them. They're better than... Marvel is at theirs. I'm sorry. Marvel's animation, with the exception of Into the Spider-Verse, which is the best animated superhero thing ever. Yeah, but can we even count that? Because it's Sony, right? Yes, we can count it. Yeah, but Sony made it. It's Sony Animation Studios. Those guys are like... It's still the best uh, thing. Oh, I see what you're saying. Is like it being under Marvel's... Yeah. Like, under Marvel control, their animated stuff, direct-to-video or otherwise, not great. Yeah. Uh, right. But the Spider-Verse thing, really, I mean, it's still one of my favorite. It, it may still be, like, it might be my favorite superhero movie. I loved it so much. Oh, wow. I loved it. Oh, my gosh. I loved yeah. It. I mean, I don't know. That's a hard thing to say because there's so many good ones, but it's oh. up there. Animated superhero movies, probably number one. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. I don't know what my live action is. Let me think about that. Uh, if you can count, can you count Infinity War and Endgame as two parts of the same movie yeah i think you count no. that as one i think because if you to. count that as one that's that is the that is my favorite superhero movie yeah that's hard Live to deny action. hard to argue with okay i'm gonna yeah. say i agree with you that's number one number two mm-hmm. is winter soldier for me mm-hmm. i love that movie i put ragnarok thor ragnarok is uh, number two. Oh, dark world was so good though i know you loved it but uh uh <laughs> You know, dark maybe World. actually Ant Man and Wasp, I think, or Captain Marvel. Boy, between be between those three. Yeah, which which do you think? Which did you like the best? Uh, Black Widow of those. <laughs> <Black Widow. laughs> I need uh-huh. to see it. I need to see all those. Kim and I were like the other day. She hasn't seen. I know you- She's seen the Ant Man sequel, but I haven't. Uh, she went with some friends or something back when it was in theaters. But then the other one, um, Dark World, she hasn't seen either. And then was something else that her and I hadn't seen. Oh, the the end of Winter Soldier and uh, uh, oh right, yeah, which Falcon. explains the whole why is why does Elaine Bennis suddenly have control of the Marvel universe? Yeah, what's that about? What is she doing? Get out! Yeah, get out! And then she dances weird. Oh man, I don't know. Uh-huh. What to think. I know it's so weird. Very yeah. weird. So uh, she, they're introducing her as Dazzler uh, okay. for the next movie. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're gonna uh, get Bobby in here and and get to, <laughs> to some science today. Uh, yes, let's get some science. We science. like doing that. Uh, we like having Bobby on. Hold on, we want this work. Oh, I was gonna do him a new intro so we don't he doesn't have to hear his poopy thing all the time. But I'll still I'll do it today. Here it is. Whoops. Okay, where'd it go? Here. I think science. I'll make you go poo poo. Yeah, yeah. Hey, look who it is. It's uh, Bobby Franken Borger. Uh, he joins us all the way from South Carolina. Where he likes to talk about science. Hello, Bobby. Welcome. Hi. Hi. How is everybody Hello. doing? Good. Good. How are All you right, doing? What's on your What's on your Hawaiian shirt there? Is that a Is that a Dairy Queen uh, lizard? <laughs> no. What? <laughs> <laughs> on your lapel. Though your lapel, or not a blizzard. It looks like a peanut butter parfait. No, the inside of your lapel. There's Tie Fighters and. Uh, X-Wings okay. and, and then flowers. You see, clearly I'm looking at this on a small Discord. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should pop this out. I don't know. I kind of want a yeah. blizzard now, though. Well done. <laughs> no, no kidding. I haven't had one of those in a while. Uh, all right. All right. I'll very nerdy, though. I like the nerd approach that Bobby takes to his life. That's yeah. very cool. Things. Yes. Uh, so, Bobby, you sent me a note earlier in the week and uh, said that you wanted to talk a little bit about Nobel Prizes. Now, before everybody goes to sleep, okay, just a second. <laughs> 
Often these Nobel Prizes are science related, and uh, I would Often, also every year, in fact, yeah, every year they're they're science related. And here's the thing: uh, maybe something big happened, and you just didn't hear about it because you think Nobel Prizes are boring. But no, yeah. they're not. And Bobby's here to explain. So why should we care this year? What happened? That's actually why I like to talk about the Nobel Prizes every year is because it's um, it acknowledges, I mean, that's the point. So Nobel Prizes, part of them are for science. Then there's the ones that are for the other whatever stuff, literature, peace, mm. who cares? Mm. Um, but uh, the uh, science ones are, are particularly interesting to me. And it, and it gives me a chance to recognize some achievements and gives these guys the Nobel Prize Committee a chance to recognize achievement in science that that I don't think really happens very often we we tend to focus on science whenever either a it only impacts us or when something terrible is happening and it impacts us but these are just like sure like hey you you might not have known but this person these people made a really big advancement in science that it that it was really important i feel like all the science people have this week is hey i heard shatner went to space and that's about all they got exactly yeah i get you he'll get the nobel peace prize maybe maybe he'll get the nobel grumpy old man prize because that's a big one (laughs) (laughs) The, the grumpy old man prize yeah so there are three main prizes in in science for the nobel prizes and there are physics chemistry and physiology and medicine or what people often say is just biology this and um but uh but yeah so we could start with the physics one the 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 nobel prize in physics was given to three different people they're usually given to groups of people because science isn't done it's not Um, it's never one dude right yeah or late not anymore it used to be like like einstein got the nobel prize you know and but it's never that way anymore the advances are done by lots of disparate people doing different things or or a whole lab a team of people will do something yeah brian um but uh so this the nobel prize in physics was given to three people giorgio parisi um, Sukuro Manabi. Uh, I, I'm not saying these right, but I'm not going to try. Hey, um, Klaus as as and Klaus Hasselman. Oh. Okay, Klaus. Um, oh, Klaus! What did Klaus. he get? Klaus. He said, "Ah, the physics, the physics of the German man." He says, and then he yeah. wins. Yeah. Okay. They were get to the microscope. <laughs> <laughs> and they were all given uh, the prize for groundbreaking contributions to our understanding of complex systems, and that sounds really vague and and whatever but so what what did they actually do um so manabe and, and hasselman they're the reason they got the prize is because of all the research they did that it contributed to understanding our current modern day understanding of of weather climate and and specifically directly related to how we understand climate change mm. and everything we understand about how humans are contributing to climate change and how climate change is happening is basically downstream from from what they did and um so for example uh manabe it was a scientist who back in the in the 60s and 70s developed com- the first computer computer models of the atmosphere mm. um so that nobody had done that before weather and the atmosphere are very complicated there's yeah. a lot of things going on yeah my experience and, has uh, been that weather is uh, uh, it, uh you know it's a thing that we can't really predict very well so the, the more inroads we make there the better we are 
Yeah, and and those models that he did, he he was his first model he made. I think might have even been in the fifties, maybe the sixties, but it, it, he modeled using computers, very old computers, uh, a single column of air in our atmosphere, and it allowed him to and scientists to better understand like how gases are distributed unevenly in the atmosphere. You know how CO two is more common at lower levels, and oxygen is more abundant in higher levels and, and it's not evenly distributed how heat moves around in the atmosphere how radiation moves around in the atmosphere and eventually led to him creating in the 70s the first uh, global computer model of our atmosphere to track all of these things and and be able to um, that's i mean that's how weather is predicted nowadays is they look at computer models and look at this part of the atmosphere which is next to this part and how do they interact and how does that spread around the globe you know yeah yeah and it's never as simple as like like last night it was supposed to snow here and it, yeah. and it didn't um now the supposed to snow part i don't know how they came to that conclusion was it a computer model probably and mm. is it 100 percent foolproof obviously not but um it's probably they're probably a lot closer to uh, a higher percentage of accuracy than we've yeah. ever been right like it's always been almost impossible to 100% track weather but we have to be better now yeah we're much better now it used yeah. to be back before lots of computer modeling and and advanced uh statistics it used to literally be that people who were ahead of a storm front mm. would notify the people further away <laughs> they'd be like hey a storm just happened and this is what it might be like by the time it gets to you mm. um, so uh that's old school we're we're better than that now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit yeah although yeah. i know still i still do a little bit of this like uh it happened the other day nick called or somebody downtown was downtown called and said oh it's it's raining down here we got floods and stuff and we didn't have anything and it was like, oh, I wonder if it's coming to us. So in a way, we were living that 1800s kind of weather, uh, you know, information. It was pretty great. Yeah. 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 I'll never forget. Uh, all right. Well, cool. So but, um, by the yeah. way, yeah, last year there was a single winner of the Nobel Prize for Physics. His name was Roger Penrose. And so mm-hmm. once in a while you get lucky and it's one dude. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. The uh, the other half of the Physics Prize went to... Um, went to Klaus Hasselman or the uh, another part of it and he what we, you were just talking about how unpredictable the weather is but his research was instrumental in in uh, making the link between unpredictable weather and the very predictable climate so climate has to do with like large um trends mm-hmm. in how the world like like warming of the earth and and stuff like that and and it was an open question for a long time before this guy came around that was how is it that if the weather is so unpredictable on a short term how can we how how then are we able to predict the climate and he did a lot of work to help us understand that and and to tease apart how we can look at signals of naturally occurring climate patterns and and basically account for those so we are better able to see the fingerprints of unusual things like like how we are impacting mm. the environment you know it's interesting that, the the nobel pages they don't show photos of anyone they're all illustrations of these people it's an mm. interesting choice that is yeah this klaus yeah. hasselman is just like this uh, weird marker drawing and the previous guy the 
Oh, oh, really? So it's not even like a really well done, like a really elaborate. I mean, it's no, good it's, art, it's but it's not like portraiture. Yeah, it's very stylized. Yeah. Um, here, I'll put it. I think I would prefer that. I think I would look better as that drawing <laughs> anyway. <so. laughs> I'm going to put it in our Discord just so you guys, you guys can see this, but it's an interesting choice. I don't know. Just as, yeah. you know, from an art perspective. But anyway, sorry. That has nothing to do with yeah. his achievements. But Oh, yeah, no kidding. They're huh. all just art of these dudes. Yeah. The, uh, the other you could, part you of the could tell me that's uh, Justin Robert Young, and I'd probably believe <laughs> it you. It kind of does. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> oh my lord! All right, cool. Anyway, sorry. Continue. I won't. I won't get into the other part of the physics prize. I'm actually going to be going really deep into the Nobel Prize stuff um, when we record the show uh, tonight. So that'll be on Monday's episode of All Around Science. Um, but the other par- part has to do with understanding just statistical models for understanding complex systems. And it's very interesting and it has to do with magnets and other cool stuff like ants and, and grains of sand. And if all that sounds fascinating, then you should uh, you should listen. But um, chemistry, the chemistry prize was given to Benjamin List and David McMillan for creating the science of organocatalysts, mm. <laughs> which... Wow. Whenever, whenever you read what they're given for, it always just makes it sound so complicated, right? Like, mm-hmm. what the heck are yeah. orga- organo organocatalysis? Well, because, uh-huh. I mean, things like potato batteries have already been taken. Like, they've <laughs> right. got to go further and further. The Nobel Prize for uh, potato batteries and, and lemon batteries were uh, was given out. That was like, ago. yeah, 1912 or 13 or something like that. Now yeah. we've got to go big. It's got to be multi, uh, multi, multiple syllables on these. Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. But um, that that prize in chemistry for organocatalysis, basically what, what that is, without going too deep, is that um, you've heard of catalysts before. What a catalyst is is a is a is some sort of chemical or a compound or or something that speeds up a chemical reaction, mm-hmm. and that's really important because, like, especially for things like making making drugs or or um, a, a common use of uh, a metal catalyst, platinum, is in uh, in uh, to cl- clear out. Um, what do you call it? Like exhaust fumes to yeah. clean them out? Sure. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. In in cars. So, oh, catalytic uh, converter. Oh, catalytic converter. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And, okay. and platinum is used in that. And um, those kids getting metals, stolen out of my neighborhood, by the way. According to next yeah, door, that a big thing. A, no, that yeah. that is a big thing because platinum's yeah. hard to find. Yeah. And that funny that you say that because that is exactly why this was such organocatalysis was such a big. Uh, breakthrough and a big contribution to chemistry because metals were used for the longest time as catalysts because just the nature of how metals are they have free floating electrons they're just easy to use uh, as catalysts and but they're expensive you got to mine them or they're rare like platinum mm-hmm. um, and so these guys figured out a way to take um to, to organically make catalysts by understanding how enzymes in our body works and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and it's been instrumental in being able to make better pharmaceuticals that are, that are better at doing their job mm. because we have to... Uh, basically, when you produce a, a drug, there are lots of forms of that drug that get made and only some of those forms are useful, but the byproducts of other forms can cause side effects and and this by by custom making these catalysts you can you can um 
make only the specific chemical you want. It just makes it easier. You can have smaller doses, less side effects and stuff like that. Real quick, uh, platinum or gold, which is the thing that will give me the most return if I had some? Do you know? Uh, platinum, for sure, is more expensive. Okay. And platinum's hard yeah. to get. That's why in video games you go copper, silver, gold, platinum. What right? you yeah. want is the gold press latinum. Oh, I That's see. That's the stuff yes. you want. You need the, the gold. Oh! <laughs> you played Domjot. All right, well, that's great. Uh, by the way, that guy, that Klaus dude, who I can't seem to get over because I love his name and his weird art, uh, and he looks like Justin Robert Young. He was born in 31. That makes him 90. That makes him the same age as, as William Shatner. 90? Yeah. Mm, wow. So pretty good year for 90-year-olds. You got a guy winning the Nobel Prize in physics. You got a guy, uh, not oldest man ever to be in space. It's pretty good. That's pretty good. It's not bad. The only good year for ninety. He's the only. Ninety is the new eighty-nine. There will never be a new. (laughs) There will never be another TJ Hooker in space. That's how. That's how you look at it. Space hookers, maybe TJ hookers in space. Nope, not happening. (laughs) So the last one, um, the Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine, was given to David Julius and Ardem Pataputian. Whoa. um, They uh. (laughs) <laughs> for discovering receptors for temperature and touch, um, which uh, is very um, sensual Nobel Prize. Yeah. Um, hubba hubba. But uh, David Julius uh, basically discovered uh, the the genes responsible for creating the proteins that that are sensitive to temperature, and in and also was the one who figured out that. Uh, when we eat a hot pepper, something spicy is capsaicin is the molecule that binds with our receptors to tell us that it's spicy, right? Yeah. And um, that capsaicin, the the spicy molecule, it, what it's binding to is literally it's activating temperature receptors. Now, intuitively, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But we didn't know that they were literally the same types of receptors. So when you eat something spicy and you and we call it hot... Like, literally, we're calling it hot because that's literally in our, like, from our human perceptions, that's that's how our brain is interpreting it, it is as hot because it's activating the same receptors. I just find that fascinating. Mm. Yeah, that is interesting. Well, I, yeah. I guess grats to all of them for raking it in. What do they get, a million bucks each or something? What's the deal? I, the prize is somewhere around a million dollars, and it gets spent split among the people who win one prize so like uh like the physics one half of it goes to the giorgio parisi and then the other half gets split between manabe and hasselman i don't know how they did that and i I would be mad if i only got a fourth (laughs) oh yeah how do you do that damn you in your quarter of a million dollars yeah that's weird thousand dollars yeah that's weird yeah it's uh so anyway yeah it's a but some of these people get yeah it's about a million dollars but they're not doing it for the prize money, oh no I no think, of right? no i don't think so i mean also uh, like probably a little bit a lot like, uh, <laughs> but a lot of this you know is money for a culmination of an entire life of you know focused energy on whatever it is they're excelling in so mm-hmm. i to, to them it's probably even a surprise a little bit this 90 year old guy's not sitting at home going Finally, my ship came in. I got the million. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think it's just like, oh. We're eating out tonight, honey. Yeah. <laughs> there was one one Nobel Prize winner recently who who turned down the money because he he doesn't like what the Nobel Prize in science is, has done to the, the practice of science. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
um, and how people are competing for it. And it's like uh, trying to do, uh, they're, they're aiming all their research goals at, is this going to win me a Nobel prize? You know? Mm -hmm. So I'm sure there's, yeah, there's always some of that, but probably not as much as anyone might think, whatever a million bucks doesn't go that far when you're a researcher. Uh, or maybe it's a lot of money because you don't get paid jack. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Uh, but I do I'm know sure, this. But a good point. I'm sure all these you work people. For, if you work for a hospital or you work for you know an agency. Sure. You probably do get paid pretty well. But if you're like your independent researcher, then yeah. Yeah. Research money is often hard to get. I'm sure all. Uh, I'm sure most of these people put the money back into their research because that's what they want to do. Oh, Unless you're, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're 90. Are you? How much research are you doing if you're if you're 90 years old? I need yeah. that I uh, big screen 4K TV for my research <laughs> yeah look i need to um i'm doing some uh virtual reality research <laughs> i'm gonna need some a uh, rift an oculus rift <laughs> nice um oh they okay these sorry i just noticed there's a page where they still paint these people but then they have a video of them talking and now i can see what they look like okay it's not a big they deal. should animate that too i'm a very visual person i must have these confirmations in my life uh, Bobby, as always, a pleasure uh, to hang out and talk. Tell people where they can get your uh, show and hear more science facts. The podcast is called All Around Science, and there's a lot more detail to these prizes that we're going to be going into tonight. Um, the other physiology and medicine prize, the other half of it went to the person who figured out how touch receptors work. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. I'm going to be talking about how touch receptors work on the show. Um, and then uh, there's also the whole economics prize, which sometimes is sciencey, sometimes isn't, and and happens to be kind of sciencey this year. So I'll be talking about that a little bit too. And um, and you can get that. Uh, it's just called All Around Science. You can go to allaroundscience.com. You can find it there, or just on your podcast app. Just get it from there. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It is. Me too. Do it now. Yep, Do it's it great. Now. Do it now, Bobby. Everybody, we'll see you soon. Bye now. See Bobby. There he goes. The jury will now. Just kidding. It's not him. <laughs> the Bobby will now retire. <laughs> the Bobby will now retire. The, the Bobby will now poo poo. <laughs> yeah. <there. laughs> well said. All right. We're going to do. What are we going to do? This. We're going to do that. Uh, it's the news, and it's brought to you by. Brought to you by Coverville uh, today, celebrating the birthday of Paul Simon, who turned 80 yesterday. Whoa. Um, you know, in the past years when I've celebrated his milestone birthdays, I've played a lot of solo and Simon and Garfunkel. Today, I'm sticking just to his solo work. So you're going to covers of things like You Can Call Me Al, Graceland, Kodachrome, Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard, which is one of my favorite songs of all time, Loves Me Like a Rock, uh... Still crazy after all these years, 50 ways to leave your lover, all that stuff. Great covers uh, by different artists and one cover by Paul Simon of the Beatles. Somebody who doesn't cover other artists uh, much at all mm. did do a great cover of the Beatles. He does a lot of live stuff, but no, not a lot of stuff that's um, studio recorded. He did a cover of uh, Peter Gabriel's Biko which was really good, but I wanted something a little bit more, um, I don't know, a little bit more mainstream. So I went with a Beatles cover. Uh, all this is happening at 1 p.m. Mountain Time over at Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash Coverville, or you can go to coverville.tv as well. It'll take you right there, and you can listen to some great music and watch me play uh, Deathloop very badly. Mm. And I've actually been doing... Last week, people watched me do the same mission over and over because 
you lose your ability to reset back to a, a halfway point mm-hmm. when you go into the certain area. Yeah. So when you die, you die for quote unquote good. Yeah. You just reset all the way back. And so uh, oh. they watched me redo a, a whole area a bunch of times. Oh, wow. Did you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. Thank you, Siri. I won't. <laughs> I don't know what she thought she heard. I, she said, sorry, can you say that again? Like, what, what, what's the matter with you? Why aren't you paying attention the first time, She's so Siri? She so anyway, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, twitch.tv slash cover will be there or be somewhere else. That's right. Paul Simon, the only guy that seemed to actually like Chevy Chase in real life. Uh, <laughs> the rare yeah, right. thing. Yeah, they, they seem Kind to be- of anyway. I mean, don't know how much you see them together these days, but... He was in that uh, video, wasn't he? Yeah, with, you can uh, call Simon? me Harry, and I can call and call me Al or whatever. He was in that. Yeah, and uh, yeah. he also they just hung out a lot. And you always saw pictures of him going to restaurants and stuff. This is like well, '80s. Paul Simon was big with the SNL crowd. He was one of their first, yeah. um, one of their first hosts and musical guests. And uh, yeah, yeah. Do you think? So, uh, so, do you think those him and Garfunkel hang out at all? Is there any kind of? You know, um, I bet they've. I bet they see each other once every couple years. Get mm-hmm. together for a drink. Yeah, I hope they do. You know, but it's uh, imagine that the okay. uh, when they're sitting there at the table, uh, there's the overwhelming sound of silence. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. <laughs> They're trying to, you know, he'll he'll start singing like that, and then Paul <laughs> Paul Simon like stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you had one really good hit with us, uh, Art, but uh, come on, the rest of these songs were all ones that I wrote, and uh, they're all better. There you go. Uh, all right, here's a story for you. Uh, the renowned programmer who created PHP, yeah, uh, a language both you and I are somewhat familiar with in terms of our. Well, I'm our aware computers. of it. I've I've actually. Yeah, I've 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 messed I've broken sites using PHP, uh, getting in there and doing things I thought worked. <laughs> I had a my first comics or one of my first comic sites where people could come and see my strips uh, was completely one hundred percent hand coded by me in PHP. Wow. Really? Yeah, my own database stuff and everything. I was super into it for Damn. a while and got really good at it. The problem is, it was not very secure and it got hacked so bad. Oh no! That it just brought me to my knees. I'm like, well, I'm never doing that again because I'm just Jeez. no good at it. Um, but yeah. Stoic Squirrel in the chat says PHP is awful. Well, you might like this story then. The renowned programmer who created PHP quote hates programming and said he is not a real programmer. <laughs> oh man! Nice. Wow. <clears throat> That's uh, some dark times here. Uh, Rasmus Lerdorf's work created the web as we know it, but he doesn't care for coding. I really don't like programming. I built this tool to program less so uh, that I could just reuse code, he said in 2003. The tool he mentioned is PHP, scripting language used in nearly 80% of all websites. Mm-hmm. That's insane. It is. I mean, because it's uh, it's the base uh, that sits under WordPress, and WordPress is so prevalent. Oh, that's and I'll true. bet you Squarespace, I'll bet you Wix, I bet they're all like on a, P- a PHP base. Yeah, or at least uh, some like legacy code or something because right, a lot of that stuff right. all came at the same time it's just so it's not it's not um intuitive you know you look at php and it unless you um unless you're really familiar with it it's hard to pick up it's hard to say oh i can tell exactly what this line is doing it's telling this thing to do this mm-hmm. it's uh yeah it's so 
It's weird. It's so damn unintuitive. Uh, but I probably should learn it with as much, as much stuff as I do with WordPress. It'd probably be a smart thing for me to learn. He says, I'm not a real programmer. I throw things together until it works and I move on. The real programmers still say, yeah, it works, but you're leaking memory everywhere. Perhaps we should fix that. I'll restart Apache every 10 requests, he said. <laughs> In 2002, in an interview in the Danish Danish Canadian, oh, I'm sorry. I have, every time I mention Canada, I have to do this. Hold on. Canada. That has to happen. Every Canada. Time. Uh, <laughs> PHP is about as exciting as your toothbrush. He says, you mm. use it every day. It does the job. It's a simple tool. So what? Who would want to read about toothbrushes? He says. Uh, unlike many starry-eyed San Francisco startups, Lerdorf's uh, project didn't begin with big dreams. I don't know how to stop it. He says, there was wow. never any intent to write a programming language. I have absolutely no idea how to write a programming language. I just kept adding the next logical step on the way, he said. This is maybe my favorite I love thing it. Ever. Yeah, your favorite inventor story. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he hate, yeah. he's not happy about any of it. He's, you know. No, I'm sure, I imagine, does he, he probably gets a uh, commission whenever, where would he get that commission, though? I, I guess, don't know. I don't know. Would WordPress pay him some sort of commission every time? Um, well, it's open source and always it? has been, so my guess is yeah, no. So I'm, get, I'm thinking not. Yeah. yeah, he's like the he's like Tim Berners Lee, except that dude gets paid so much for speaking engagements and a million other things. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get a penny for the web he designed wow. for the World Wide Web, but he gets you know millions <laughs> and other things. So he's and fine. I'm guessing this guy doesn't really care about the speaking engagements based on this. Uh... No. He no care. Although, although I would I would pay to listen to his TED talk about how much he hates PHP. Oh, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I would totally do that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um hmm. all right. That's gonna do it for the news. We gotta okay. take a break. When we come back, my sister Wendy's gonna be here. We got kind of a hard uh, question today, but I think a good one. Uh yeah. feels like a uh I don't know, pandemic culmination. Oh type yeah, thing. yeah. I would so, say so. Yeah. I think there are probably a lot of people feeling bits of this, so So I think it'll be really helpful. Uh, So stick around for that. That'll be right after this song that Brian will now tell us about. Yeah, and I've got to find it. Why am I not finding it? Uh, Me no no. uh, Me no no. Because I spelled it with an O and not an E. Mm. Usually I'm a little bit better than this. Hey, let's go to a dude named Noah Gunderson. That's right, Mr. Gunderson. Uh, (laughs) He's fleeing the interview. He's fleeing the interview. (laughs) Uh, you just make me want to watch Fargo when you do that. <laughs> my deal. Um, I think he might be, nope, Bellingham, Washington, um, I believe. Well, you know what? Wherever he's from. He's here in Colorado. Mm. Uh, at least he was a couple days ago at the Soil Dove Underground. A great place, by the way. I've seen Jonathan Colton there. I've seen Paul and Storm there. Um, it is a great place to see a show. Anywho, uh, Noah Gunderson's fifth solo LP and his first new album in more than a couple of years here, A Pillar of Salt, is about to be released. Uh, and he's joined for this song, the first single from the album, by Phoebe Bridgers. Um, just has an amazing voice. And the two of their voices are fantastic together. Uh, Mellow you out with some Thursday music. Here is um, from the album, A Pillar of Salt. Here's the song Atlantis by Noah Gunderson and Phoebe Bridgers. I was Atlantis and you were the sea I'd sneak up behind you and break your knees 
I want that head so sanitary and squared away that the Virgin Mary herself would be proud to go in there and take a dump. I like the dark. This is the morning stream. Hail Hydra! We have returned. From that song, which is, again... That song is Atlantis. It's by Noah Gunderson featuring the lovely and talented Phoebe Bridgers. Very. She's awesome. Very nice. Yeah. Really like her. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Got it. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's Waller... Yep. She'll look at the camera once in a while. Cuckoo. Or no, not cuckoo. uh, Fleabag. Fleabag. She'll look at a. She'll look at the camera and make a little face, and then look back at the people That's she's right. talking to. Cuckoo was Andy Sandberg for uh, for one season. Oh yeah, I forgot that was even a thing. Yeah, he's it's a weird thing. Yeah, that was a real. That was a really weird thing. That was a really show that thing. wasn't sure who it was. Yeah, and still really didn't decide who it was even in the second season. They replaced uh, uh, the. They replaced Andy Samberg, and I want to say that they even replaced the girlfriend, or no? Uh, I don't know. I gave up with halfway like through that. the second season. Yeah, because there were things to really... I loved the dad. He was hilarious. The dad was great. The first season was great. Yeah. Cuckoo. I don't Cuckoo. know what happened there. Not Kaku. Cuckoo. Cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> but it just seemed like a show where they're like, uh, just go ahead and do that. Okay, cool. We'll do some episodes like that. Uh, wait, uh, that guy's gone. Uh, put that guy in. Like It was just like a weird, I don't know, a really weird production, that thing. Mm-hmm. Oh hi, Wendy. Hey. hey. Oh hi. Hi. Oh hi. <laughs> oh hi. Are you on your phone or or your computer today? Do you know which one computer, you're on? Computer. Oh okay. Do I know? Mm-hmm. No. Well, the reason I ask is you know how it sometimes rings your phone and it gets weird. Um, yeah. It says you're on your phone, but I don't think you are. Obviously, because you're on a computer, so you may get that <laughs> ring again. I don't know. I don't know what'll happen there. That'd be fun. Let's see how far. Yeah. We let's can see how far we can get. Start. Exactly. That's great. Yeah. Uh, hey, look who it is. It's my sister. Wendy, she joins us. Uh, she does each and every Thursday, most Thursdays anyway, to talk about helping you guys. And uh, as a result, uh, emails come in and they're always like, hey, I got a hard question. Keep me anonymous. Can you read it? And we say yes. So that's how that works. If you guys want to have your questions uh, addressed on the show and you have a big problem you're dealing with, let us know. It's over at themorningstream at gmail.com and uh, have a real therapist help you. Okay, Wendy, it's good to have you here. Yes. Uh, Good to be here. I got your Real Steps uh, email, uh, letting everybody know everything's kicking off. Well done. Sounds great. That's right. Yeah, we'll talk about you more of that. You got till midnight on uh, Sunday, people. Wow. Are you going to be sitting there at midnight just ready to just turn it all off? Nope. Oh, okay. I'm not. Are you going to make Adam do it? <laughs> nope. It'll just, I think it'll just end. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> it'll just end. Okay. That's cool. My uh, guess is you could probably still do it on Monday morning, and I'd be like, okay. T- uh, tiny <laughs> little side yeah. note here, uh, Dunford Donut side note, okay? You ready for this? So mm, yeah. so Adam's family used to, back in the day, be owners of this Dunford Donut bakery thing here locally, and they're amazing. Everyone loves Dunford Donuts. They're insane. Their cake donuts are just incredible. And uh, we've talked about the story who's, before. Who's, who's, uh, who's Adam. involved with those? Wendy's, Wendy's husband. Uh, Say the whole thing again. His uh... yeah, his his 
What did I say? I was trying to get you to say Adam's family again. So oh, I Adam's family. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get it now. All right. All right. Never mind. Uh, well Never done. Mind. No, it was worth it. It, it, was too worth much, it. took too much damn work. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth every second. All right. So anyway, uh, I have been in the last year or two trying to keep the, the, uh, the sugar spikes low because I apparently have some hereditary tendency toward type 2 diabetes and I got to be careful with sugar and stuff. So that's been a constant thing. Don't eat a lot of sugar. Don't eat a lot of, unref- you know. Just like mm-hmm. if, if it's got natural sugar in it, like fruit or something, it's fine. But I don't eat donuts. Let's put it that way. The other night I thought, you know what? It's one night. I'm going to have a donut. Let's mm-hmm. just see what happens. I'll check mm-hmm. my blood and see what happens. <laughs> I ate a whole dump for donut and it didn't spike. Really? Now. Oh, might, wow. Yeah. Okay. Now you might say, uh, wow, one off. Don't ever do it again. You got lucky. Or you might say. I'm going to have more Dunford Donuts here and there. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I know. It's almost like you don't want that sort of positive reinforcement. Right. Uh, you really don't. I don't. And normally, yeah. you know, like a candy bar, totally spike. Uh, if I do a, a milkshake, spike. I think might it might be that cake donuts are different than the kind you like fry. Uh, maybe the no. sugar's different. Uh, maybe the cake is different. I don't know what it is. But Carter, she was there. I mm-hmm. ate that thing. She's in the chat. I ate that donut and I didn't spike. I ate some spaghetti the night before, totally spiked on the on the on the on the uh, pasta. So I'm just saying. Interesting. Yeah, the glycemic index varies obviously, and Denver donuts do not spike. That's not real, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> Carter goes justify I mean, it all you want, Dad. I didn't spike. I'm just saying my blood didn't spike. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I should do anything about it. I'm just saying. Anyway, Dunford donuts continue to be. One of the greatest things on this planet, and they're so good. (laughs) All right, let's get to this email. Uh, I wanted to have as much pleasant conversation as we could before we start reading this. This one's dark. Hey, I have a quick quick, uh, thing to ask. Whoever is listening, if they're listening, the person who wrote in, they're listening. If they could just um, somehow, through the ether, send what city they live in. Oh, yeah, they didn't give us Or country. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. I think it's here I have an idea, and I, yeah, that would be helpful for me to know. It's not very identifying, but kind of, maybe. If they don't want to, that's fine, too. No, 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 yeah, you're right. But there's something in here about moving the other side of the country, but that doesn't tell us anything, I guess. In my head, I was like, oh, that's like, oh, would you go from L.A. to, you know, New York? Or, you know, like, I assumed, but I'm probably wrong. Well, anyway, let's read and it. And also, before that, we get sad, um, I have a really funny, hilarious update on Peter's <laughs> on Peter's fundraiser. Oh, his fundraiser. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. yeah how's great. that going? I imagine it's going well. Honestly, it's made such a hilarious story. So first of all, all of you, I said 50 cents, and many of you did not listen and gave <laughs> way more than that. Um which we appreciate that it's been very sweet and heartwarming. I mean, I think it cracks his heart open every time I show him or um, we've sent little thank you notes back to people and they write back and I read them to him and he is just like full of the world is good. So thank you for giving a little kid this idea that the world is good for at least a hot minute before he realizes. Yeah. Um, Let him him have the moment. It's fine. Let him live in it. Let him have his nine year old, you know, innocence. Anyway, Look, it's very, the world very may sweet. not be good, but the tadpole is. Yeah, the tadpole is good. Is good yeah. Which means, you know, there's more, there's more good than bad. I, I don't yeah, know, there is. Everyone. There okay, totally anyway. is. But what's amazing yeah. is, let me just say, so like, you know, I'm, you got to remember in these things, like maybe max, a kid brings in a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Um, so let me just say, and then, so they have these two, two tiers. One is just straight donations. Yeah. And so that's just a cash amount. And then the other is you pay per, um, fitness move. So he's going to do hopefully 36 rounds of fitness things or 36 laps or something, right? That's the max they let you, the kid do. So then you get a price per move, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that is. So Peter, so really this is the tadpole because I've told no one else but you guys. <laughs> and we, nobody, not family, no one. We just are like, well, this will be funny. We'll see if we get 10 bucks, yeah. 100 bucks. Yeah. Anyway, so the total of cash raised is $2,145. Uh, wow. <laughs> oh, he's going to make all, I mean, the I goal, the, you put it out last week and you said, make all these other kids look bad. Not, yeah, you didn't say it in those words. Oh, they but. have, they look bad. <laughs> like the whole school. Yeah, so no, the, the, what's crazy. Okay. Well, then let me tell you this. And then he will earn for every fitness move that he does. $71 and 50 cents. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Which That's is about fantastic. another 2000. If he does, if he does all of them. Wow. Oh, so that so is good. crazy. So let me just tell you what's funny is I didn't know this, but they, they have like, Apparently some prizes <laughs> that yeah. if you, because nobody ever earns this stuff, right? They're not like yeah, going to hand right. much of this out anyway. Right, right, right. So he gets to school on that first day because you guys all did this in two days. Yeah. Anyway, he gets mm-hmm. to school first day and the teacher sends me an email and says, um, you'll have to drive to the school to pick up all the prizes. That Peter <laughs> and I was like, what? What prizes? I had no idea there were prizes. Like, I'm so stupid with these things. I had no idea. So yeah. I tell Peter, I was like, listen, dude, you didn't earn squat. So you're going to just hand them out to other kids. Yeah. So he has, Aww, he's just handing all his prizes to other kids. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. That's a good thing for him. Um, yeah, he actually, yeah. I forgot to, lesson. forgot to play this on the <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah. I forgot to play this on the show. We actually got a thank you from Peter. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to play this real quick. It's just some quick audio. So here you go. Thanks, Scott and the Tadpool. That's it. That's all you get. <laughs> oh, that's it. Wow. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's yeah. all I can do. He didn't mention anybody else. No, okay. he, right. he got, you can yeah. tell he meant to say Brian. He just, you know, yeah, he's a I kid. Can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a kid. All right, I'm going to go I'm gonna go over here and uh, <laughs> do some, to finish my crochet. I'll be back in a minute. Yeah, you do that. I think that's great. And I'm glad, I'm I'm glad we shattered the, uh, the, the, the limits. I think that's good. I didn't expect yeah, it either. And when they get not a penny next year from us, they'll be like, what happened? I thought you guys were fundraisers. And we're like, no, we're not. We <laughs> actually get hate a dime. your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Well, now all the, the happiness is out of the way. We have to get to this, uh, this email that is not yes. the happiest email, but here it is. All right. I'm going to just start reading it. This person's anonymous and uh, ask that we keep it so. As a companion piece to last week's Therapy Thursday on dealing with the aftermath of suicide, I was wondering about the other side of the coin. What to do slash how to deal with no will to live. Not suicidal, but just not caring about going on living. Um, I've pretty much always dealt with uh, depression. I've been in therapy for over 30 years. I played the medication roulette wheel on and off for most of that time as well. Usually when I would hit those cliff edges of suicidal thoughts, I would pull up to uh, I would pull up from hanging off the edge by my fingertips to sitting on the edge and moving on until the next time I would have some trigger as, uh, for a downward spiral spiral. My current bout has been going on for about five years now. My marriage fell apart and my ex and daughter moved to the other side of the country. So other than talking uh, to her every weekend, I've only seen her for a few vacations. I don't have any friends in the area, just a couple of acquaintances that I might see two to three times a year. And the closest family is over three hours away if they're not traveling for work, which is most of the time. 
I don't uh, have the strength to move close to my daughter and start over again without any support. Even if I did have support, I don't think I could handle it. I just plod through my existence because I certainly can't call what I do living. Uh, Honestly, my only goal right now is to make it another five-ish years until my dog passes so I don't have to worry about it if she would be found and rescued before she uh, starved if something happened to me. Um, I guess my main question is, how does someone find the will to live? Nothing has worked so far. I don't have any interest in my former hobbies or socializing or anything productive. Uh, I can easily spend four hours laying in bed after waking up just trying to go back to sleep or playing on my phone, which is a whole other issue. I would like uh, or I would say I qualify as a dopamine addict. I feed myself dopamine through social media, games, porn, sleep, anything I can do to escape instead of doing basic self-care. I don't have the strength to cut myself uh, off and try uh, to do without. I'm stuck in a rut. I can't uh, handle pushing through adversity slash failure. As soon as something becomes too difficult, I simply give up and stop trying. Eventually, life is going to qualify. Sorry. Uh, yeah, qualify for that standard. So what uh, what do you do when there's nothing to go on for or reason to try? How do you take care of yourself when you don't care about yourself, never have, and quite likely never will? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, dark one. He's in a he's in a place uh, right now, but um, this seems like a I don't know an appropriate discussion given that I think there are different kinds of people in different phases of this feeling. Maybe more now than ever after yeah. the pandemic. And I know it's you know trite to keep bringing the pandemic into our into our emotional or mental states these days, but it, it really does have a massive impact. And I I can't imagine that helped him. Um. And probably, you know, added to this already five year thing he was going through. So so anyway, as usual, where do you want to go or start with this? Yeah. By chance, did he mention where he lives? He didn't. He just said the only mention was across the country and some family being three hours away. And oh, for whatever okay. reason, the whole thing just Maybe. sounds local or not local, but in the States. But I, I, I could be wrong. Okay. Okay. What which doesn't narrow it down to what I want, but I will I can I can work with it. it. And if he happens to show up and text that, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and the reason I say that is um, 30 years of therapy on and off medication, um, you know, he, he, by all sort of measures of what we would say, Hey, you go get help. Well, he tried and did, you know, um, nothing seems to work. Well, he also got to a place where he was married and had a child. So, this current state hasn't been the perpetual state for 30 years, but the struggle has been for 30 years. It sounds like, right. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to be a little controversial here because I'm in a mood. Mm -hmm. Um, is that I'm convinced I'm convinced there's nothing to live for. Mm. I mean, did you, did you hear what he said? Mm. It's like nothing. Mm. Right. Yeah. So here's the thing. It is. It is what you say it is. Mm-hmm. And not that, you know, this, we, we always have to tread carefully here because of this idea that people just say, um, just be happy or just yeah. smile more or think happy thoughts or just, you know, get out there and blah, blah, blah. And that's very discounting what someone's experience can be. Right. And then they're sort of left alone, still struggling. So there's the risk when it comes to, sort of stigma with mental illness or, or even just our own blocks to seeing that someone else is not okay because it's 
too hard for us to see them that they're not okay. So it, it means a lot of different things, but I'm just going to take this slightly. So that said, I'm going to take this in a direction that might sound like that, but it's not, which is he has a series of thinking that has been, I mean, he's pretty convinced of it, mm-hmm. but notice he has a couple things going on that, you know, he, he knows, he knows a lot of stuff. He already knows that he's behaving in ways that are making him feel worse, mm-hmm. but not motivated to do something else. Um, he's tried all the stuff. I mean, the story is pretty solid. The one thing that is currently hanging on there is that he's got this dog, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, that is the one reason that's one reason to live mm-hmm. at least right now. Yeah. Okay. And what's tricky is without actually talking to somebody, it's hard to find out if this is just the story they've been telling themselves for a long time. Is this a recent realization? Is this, um, you know, trying to understand it and hear it? Because what you usually find when you do that is that this isn't how it's always felt. It's just currently how it's feeling now. And the story is sort of getting stronger and stronger to this very existential end here, right? Yeah. So what that means is there are a lot of neurons that have been firing together and wiring together around that this is the purpose of life. This is what it is. There's nothing I can do. I don't actually want to, not feeling any motivation, et cetera. So all of that is happening. Well, I would, I would like to start with get this man a really, really detailed workup. Find out why, if there is something else biologically happening that is causing this malaise, because that's possible. Sure. Now, is he, is he behaving in ways that are solidifying it and the story he tells himself making it worse? Sure. But it would be nice to know if we've got, you know, hypothyroidism or if we have, I mean, if there's other, just anything else happening that might explain um, some of this, right? So if he's tried a bunch of medications, have some worked, have some not. Yeah, that's not the thing. Different. I mean, if it is if it is a medical thing or if it is a chemical thing, man, if it sounds like he's he's played, like he says, he's played the medication roulette mm-hmm. wheel um, on and off. So that'd be interesting to know if any of it's worked or if they just haven't found the right yeah. True. Right yeah. Also, yeah. also the therapy. And also, being thirty therapy, years is a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say that whole thirty-year thing. Is he still with the therapist? Is it the same therapist for thirty years? Like, is it, mm. it like what is what does that look like right now? Because it seems like if you're currently in therapy, what it sounds like to me is he's not currently in therapy. That that maybe he's no. just you know maybe on and off for thirty years, but right now I don't think that's happening. It doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. And maybe we need to back up. This sucks. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, this yeah, sure. is rough. And all of us, uh, there's this, I think I've talked about this before, but it was a long time ago. There was a, this American life episode about testosterone that everyone should listen to mm. because they talk about this guy had some medical treatment. He had to have all of his testosterone protect production eliminated during the treatment. And he described just staring at the wall. He He's like, pretend things were fine with somebody came over and visited and then they'd leave and he would just stare at the wall for hours. And testosterone is, it's why we all have it. Some have too much of it, but it's, it's a, um, a an aggressor or a driver. It gets you to do stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And so you eliminate that from your body. You're not going to move. And it doesn't matter what story is going on in your head. It's, it's unrelated, right? Mm-hmm. But our bodies and our minds do this little tango, right? Which is my body is feeling something. So my brain needs to make a story about it to understand it. And then if my brain is making a story up, then my body will respond to that story. So for example, everyone can freak themselves out, right? To some extent, because we all have an amygdala that is activated by the cerebral cortex. And the cortex is where we are telling stories, making plans, trying to figure stuff out. So anyone out there a warrior, if you raise your hand, <laughs> you have caused your amygdala to be activated as if it was going to be, you're, you're going to be harmed. And you've done it by worrying about something or, you know, coming up with what possibly could go wrong when I get on this plane or whatever. So you, you have this interesting um, power to activate biological sort of processes with your thoughts and then vice versa with your body having some kind of reaction your brain has got to understand it so it's going to start to go through all sorts of scenarios so that's why i'm curious um because often people will say i've oh i've tried therapy or i've done it a million times or i've tried a bunch of medications and then when you really make them sit down and list it all it's like not what you not what it sounds like originally it's often well i didn't like the person or they were making me do stuff i didn't like so i didn't do it for a while and then i found this other person who just you know and their history is just that the engagement in the actual work of therapy just maybe never happened or they didn't find the right fit. And sometimes it's that you feel like you've tried every medication, but you haven't. And if, if you've been doing that for a long time, there's a lot of stuff out now that's better than used to be. Mm -hmm. So the last time was 15 years ago. There's a whole new series of measurements, dosages, types of drugs that, you know, might be beneficial to you. It's discouraging. Don't get me wrong. It's incredibly discouraging. And that's, That's really the point of what he's saying is I have tried the things I've been told to try and it doesn't do anything for me. So I would start with ruling out any underlying medical thing, like finding out what's going on with his health in every facet. Um, And this is tricky when you don't feel motivated to go care for yourself. So we'll get to that in a second. Let's set that aside. So let me me just give the prescription and then we'll talk about what to do with the actual motivation. Um, So the prescription would look like Go get a full workup, get your blood drawn, get a psych eval, find out, you know, where you are at in terms of what modern care can do for you now that maybe you haven't accessed in a while. So I don't know if that's true, but um, I would look at a hormone panel. I would make sure that all of the sort of thyroid endocrine stuff is working okay. And then I would also, you know, check just general physical markers like, you know, Obviously, it sounds like if he can lay in bed for four hours and do nothing, he's probably not sleeping great. If you're a dopamine addict, you probably don't have good sleep. And mm-hmm. if you don't have good sleep, we have lots of other things happening. So, you know, there's there's lots of physiological things to, to check through. Um, and then know this. There is therapy out there. And I would be happy if he wants to reach out to me individually to help him find the kind that would be more most effective for treatment resistant depression. And there is a lot of good stuff out there now. We haven't known for a long time. So that's what's tricky too, is he's like, you guys don't know how to help me because you haven't helped me yet. Um, But a lot of good things have come online. So I'm I'm gonna name one that might sound very dramatic, but has more and more incredible results with treatment depressant, depressant, 
treatment resistant depression. Mm. So that's people who have tried every medication, have done all the therapies, right? So mm-hmm. if that's what's happened with him, this would this would fit. Um, and that is, and, and most states, and this is why I want to know what city he's in, um, most cities and states in the United States anyway um, have programs and clinics, and often it's through like research hospitals and whatever your your state or city or university mental health sort of clinics are. And it's called, it's just ketamine treatment. And you guys have probably heard of ketamine, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And ketamine has a bad rap because cops have misused it <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. Um, it's what they would use on the, you know, on the freeway. If someone is having an episode of some sort and they can't get them to calm down, they will administer ketamine. And it can be dangerous because you don't know who that person's medical background at all. Yeah. Um, Large doses so, uh, used as a horse tranquilizer or is that something yeah. different? Yeah. Maybe. Ooh, I don't know about that one. Hmm. Uh, I think we're, maybe you're thinking of something else, but it I'm is a psychedelic. Be- it's a I psychedelic, remember, um, uh, and it. Yeah, I remember what's his name, uh, Stevo from Jackass was big on ketamine before he got sober. So it's a thing oh, you can really? you right. can abuse it. I mean, it's an abusable mm-hmm. thing if you. Yes, want, it's like anything you can abuse anything, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but this is done in a you know a clinical setting with, you know, therapeutic guides and the way to, essentially, and what it does is it's think of it as like um, all the wiring that's so stuck. So so the reason I started out with saying, see, his story is so believable. It's so believable for him. It's the truth right now. Mm-hmm. It feels so real, like this is it. So when I say, it's not flippant to say, oh, the story you're telling yourself. It's true that we all tell ourselves stories. All of us are doing it all the time. Um, in his case, his is really harsh and and scary and sad and strong. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard for him to be motivated or want to do anything differently because... This feels really believable. And what ketamine can help do is, is it's essentially like all the, the locked neurons of a story or of the way we're experiencing life. It just gets all loosened in there. Mm. Um, and it it's more technical than all of that. But what people experience is this sort of break from your typical reality. You're not like full. It's not like you're, you know, on some 12 hour ayahuasca trip or something. It lasts maybe half hour. Um, you, you shouldn't drive heavy equipment for about four hours, but other than that, it's, you know, it's out of your system in 24 hours. It's not a long-term thing. They use this for migraines, ketamine treatment. can be used for a lot of different things. Um, and part of that is it just really relaxes and takes your, your brain offline in the way that it currently, you know, operates. And what it does is it loosens up some of those stories. And then you have a therapist working with you that helps you process what happened. And also just while your brain is in this slightly sort of healthier, more um, flexible state, new information, new stories, new motivations, new things can come from that. And that's, and this is why we're working with treatment resistant depression with those folks, because nothing has worked for them. Mm -hmm. And this is working, which Mm -hmm. is really cool. So all all of that to say is there are options. There are other things besides ketamine. Of course, ketamine is kind of an extreme example, but there are other forms of talk therapy and also newer medicines that have, you know, we can test your blood and see what works for you and what doesn't now. So there's some really cool stuff that has come about since he's 
began this journey that I think um, might be might be interesting. So it's, always, it's important um, to note here that Wendy is also usually the person who, uh, if if cognitive or any other kind of therapies uh, have have not been used yet, you go that way. Like you're not one to throw drugs at a problem. I've never you, I've no. not, as long as I've known you. Yeah, uh, our whole lives, There's including your professional life, she has never been I'm, like, "We'll just take the so drugs; well. it'll be fine." I can't even take vitamins, <laughs> right? Like she's just right. not that person. But in this particular case, you know, we're talking about a pretty severe thing where it sounds like nothing's worked, and and now we now therapies are getting to the point where there, I mean, maybe there's a path for him. So I just want to make that clear, yeah. so we don't get a bunch of people going. Oh, Wendy just wants to throw drugs at everything. And I've got this holistic thing I do where I hold a baby chicken for a half an hour and it solved all my problems. Like, we don't want. I I'm, would love for that to be the answer. Yeah. If that is the answer, let's hold baby chickens. I think that's great. I mean, I'd be all into yeah. it. Sure. And, and that actually, thank you for doing that. I, I appreciate that because it really is not my MO. And there is a good reason it's not my MO is that when you are trying to do therapy with someone who is medicated, it, um, it can be really difficult because your brain is now in an altered, even though it's subtle, it's an altered state, especially with anxiety. So when, when working with clients with anxiety, if they're taking benzodiazepines, their brain is put to, their amygdala is put to sleep. So, so we can't work to train their amygdala to not be afraid of things that they're currently afraid of. So you're afraid of dogs. Well, you're never going to learn to not be afraid of dogs. If your amygdala is asleep, because your amygdala has to learn that this dog and other dogs are okay. And so so it's tricky. It does, actually makes therapist jobs harder in some ways. And then sometimes it really is necessary. If you can't get out of bed to get to therapy, then obviously we need to, you know, there are times it's called for. But I am always like, what are all the options before drugs? And to me, ketamine, it doesn't even feel like doing a drug because it's in your system, out of your system. It actually makes you ready for therapy in a way that I've, I've yet to see anything else help someone get ready for and I think it's because it it break down it breaks down some things that maybe have been stuck for a long long time. Um, and it, anyway, so that is one thought. Okay, so here's that's kind of all right. You got all these treatment options. Hey, it's time to go back and see what you can figure out, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. But his story is pretty solid in that he's not even motivated to do basic self care, let alone jump right back into the world of really taking care of himself and getting help that maybe is out there or not. He doesn't know, right? That can be really discouraging. So I get that. Mm. Definitely. So I want to talk about the motivation part for just a minute. Okay. So think of your worst day ever. And then how, and you feel no motivation at all to do anything. And you do kind of the basic minimum. You're just depressed one day. How do you get motivation back? So I'm going to ask you two first. How do you get motivation to do anything different than lay around do nothing well usually if i have a day like that my my standard answer to that question is i'll sleep it off and tomorrow will be better but i don't mean sleep all day i just mean kind of let's get through this day Mm -hmm. i'm gonna conk Mm -hmm. out tomorrow's another day tomorrow's a fresh start yeah kind of thing yeah yeah like that okay and does that work for you sometimes for the most part yeah yeah for the most part like i would say that that idea has been challenged a bunch of times in the pandemic specifically but uh, but yeah, for the most part, yeah, I, 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 there's something about a, like seeing tomorrow as a, a chance to just grab it all and go, you know, and get it done. I don't know. I, it works for me most of the time. 
Right. And Brian, you're the same. Uh, same, um, throw in, uh, like during the pandemic, I've discovered that, uh, like little miniature painting, I picked up a bunch of little tiny game miniatures and started painting yeah. those. And I, you know, if I felt any sort of depression or anxiety or anything like that, I just stopped whatever I was doing, freelance, podcasting, whatever, and, and just painted minis for an hour. And, uh, uh, it was super cathartic. Okay, congratulations. Neither of you have clinical depression. <laughs> good deal. Good. good. Deal. All right. That's Excellent. good. That's happy. I'm happy to hear that. Because if painting figurines and taking a long, long sleep uh, fixes well, what this. If, then- what if I've <laughs> painted over 4,325 minis? Is that, is that a problem? <laughs> you might have something else going on. Yeah. No, no. And everybody, all of us have bad days and all of us have bouts of feeling yeah. depressed, etc. Yeah. This guy has something very... Uh, chronic and long-term it sounds like going on right but you both have pointed out and i i was hoping you would something that it it does work for you so you have to find enough motivation to stop what you're doing and go paint a miniature and it's because you're getting something from that painting right so mm-hmm. so maybe brian you could describe it what do you get from while you're painting when you're in, bummed um, out and then you paint what do you get it kind of forces me to not think about anything else. Like I, I'm absolutely, I tend to be the guy who is like, um, I can be sitting on a roller coaster at amusement park and I'm thinking, Oh yeah, but when I'm done with this, I need to go back home and I need to get that proposal done for such and such. And I need to get those songs picked for this other thing. And I'm, you know, I'll be on vacation and I'll be thinking, Oh man, today's the middle point of the vacation. It's half over. What do I need? What do I have to do when I get back? Like all the things that are piling up. So yeah. Many painting those minis, um, I have to Get focus so much of my energy and my attention on it that I can't be thinking about what I'm gonna do when I'm done with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, good. So so it is motivating because it's forcing you to do my meditation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's you right in the moment, right? But it's okay. also it's also and productive there is though, right? A benefit. Wait, what? I was going to say it's also productive. Like he's actually got a thing that's now done and cool. And, uh, you know, he can look back on it and go, yeah, yeah. look what I made. Mm-hmm. And so he got both. So he gets dis- dopamine because yeah. he's doing and accomplishing. But he also gets um, being in the moment is rest for your brain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When your brain is thinking about the things you have to do in the future or regretting the things in the past, it's burning up energy for it. It's futility, and that's exhausting, mm-hmm. though we don't feel like it's futility in the middle of doing it. It just is happening, right? And that's the thing that some some good therapy can teach you about what your brain is doing and help you understand the motivation for it and then how how do we use that um, to tweak things and, you know. So, so Brian, if you were my client, I would just say, well, let's also expand that to some other mindfulness training that isn't about painting, right? Take the dopamine out and you can sure. stretch even further and mindful, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay. So, so it's, hmm. it's uh, that idea. And Scott, you, your point too, of you just get a good night's sleep. That's another biological help for depression. When you, when you look at the diagnoses for depression, it's a change in sleep. It's part of what we know. And it's you sleep a lot more or you're sleeping a lot less, but you do not feel rested. No matter how much you're sleeping, you're not feeling rested. And that's because the brain is reacting to the things that are going on there. It isn't simply that you're not laying down in enough time. Now, most people have terrible sleep and terrible sleep hygiene. So 
you know, setting that apart, let's say you're doing all the right things and, you know, you're still having depression, you're going to have weird sleep. So those are two things, mindfulness, being in the moment and distracted to and a little dopamine, right? And then Mm -hmm. sleeping. Those are both great things. So here's this guy who is using that kind of stuff all the time that, and it's, it's like, that's not actually motivating him. In fact, it's keeping him stuck. Cause Brian, I assume when you're done painting, you go off and do something you need to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. uh, um, you know, it's usually when I'm, I usually go for about an hour cause it's not like I can start and finish one mini in an hour. I'll probably have four of them going and it's like, all right, these are all the green parts of these and let's paint all these. Right. And, um, and then when I'm done for that hour or, or roughly whatever it is, then it's like, all right, back to work. And I can kind of look at it fresh. Yeah, totally. So it's therapeutic for you, right? Mm-hmm. It is. And, yeah. and so finding something that's motivational and therapeutic is, you know, like he mentioned in the email, like I don't have any hobbies. I'm not interested in my hobbies. Hobbies are an example of this thing that's motivating and therapeutic. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like all motivation sort of, except the dog. The dog is the one place that he, he put a thing that motivates him, which I assume the dog has to poop and go outside. So he's willing to do that. You know, like we're, <laughs> right. we're starting pretty small and that's okay. But to find something that is motivating, and this is tricky when your story is really solid and no one can convince you of otherwise, it's hard um, to sort of figure out what is motivating to you. So one fun thing he could try is find a therapist who specializes in motivational interviewing. It's a, it's a technique that therapists use to sort of get to what actually motivates you. Mm. Um, and, you know, finding that motivation can be really helpful to start to make some of these incremental changes, but I want to go big because real steps is very small. And I'm about to just jump right into the world of taking very small steps that are really important, but I want to just do the opposite today and go big. Um, and this is what I, I, would suggest for this person. And this is why I want to know what city they're in. Because mm-hmm. when you go to any website, uh, any city's website or any city, you just Google around like, um, you know, nonprofit organizations that help fight homelessness or nonprofit organizations that help teens in trouble or whatever it might be. There are folks in very difficult circumstances all over the place. And there are incredible organizations that do amazing things and would love to have a little bit of your volunteer time. So here's what I would suggest for for him is that before he decides to go back to therapy or before he thinks, I want to jump back into the medical examination of all of this or, you know, and I'm not even going to say, hey, stop laying around looking at your phone and doing all the dopamine addiction things. I'm going to tell him to just go do something that is really far out of what you normally do. Mm. And, and I like my suggestion, we could come up with others, but I like my suggestion where it is, where you are doing something that just like boggles your brain out of this story. And, and that's why if you go, I listen, if you're in Minneapolis, I have a perfect place for you to go. It's on the corner of a pretty dangerous street and you on Sunday nights, what you do is you go and you hand out meals, free meals on the oh. corner to anyone who needs it. And it is one of the most fun things I've ever done. 
And it's just incredibly like you are so over yourself, like so mm-hmm. over yourself. Um, and you just get to like do something very real and something. Uh, and the that, karma points are through the roof. Yeah, yeah. They are through the roof. <laughs> that's right. They are through the roof. And so yeah. if that's where you are at, I will gladly meet you there on Sunday night. But there, there are places like this everywhere because there's good people everywhere trying to do something. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's my suggestion. Maybe you guys have another idea, but something that is very different from what's currently happening mm-hmm. that gets you a viewpoint. And this is why ketamine sometimes is the requirement for treatment resistant depression is it does this thing for you, right? I'm asking you to try something that will maybe do this thing, but ketamine does it. <laughs> Um, and that's why it's one of our, it, and I think I've said it many times on the show, but you just mark my words, psychedelics will be a regular treatment in mental health at some point, and they will be in dosages that are tolerable and everyone's not going to walk around tripping all the time, but it does something to our brains in, in especially unlocking so much of the locked up stuff. And this guy is incredibly locked up in that life doesn't have meaning and he's not feeling a willingness to do much. He's got, you know, these relationships that are hard. All of this is stuck. It's like, it's all just frozen and we have to break it up. And so seeking help is a good way for many people to break it up. And it's hard when you've, you've been through a lot of treatment to feel confident in that. So I understand that. Um, But we got to find some other ways to, to break this up. And so me, I mean, I don't know. Is there something else like, Feeding the homeless or the helping those who are just in different circumstances from you, I find a, there's a really powerful way to, to help do this. Do you guys have any ideas of other out of the ordinary things he might do oh. that would break up his thinking and stories and worldview? I mean, I've here's another thing I do. Like if I'm super dreading of something or I'm really tired and I know I need energy for a thing and it's like, oh, I still have to record that at like seven tonight or whatever. And I've just had like one of those days. This sounds dumb, but if I just go walk around the block, especially right now where it's a little chilly outside, it's mm-hmm. great. I come back mm-hmm. and I'm ready to rock. And it wasn't even, you know, it's not even like I raised my heart rate or anything. It just kind of is just a quick little complete change of scenery. Um, I don't know. That's just enough for me. We did this last night before I had to do a thing and it was like shocking how much energy I had when I was done. And I, all I did was take the dog around the block. It was like no big deal. Mm. And, and yeah. uh, it just changed Mike everything. Will for do me. that too. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems really, that seems really like baseline, but for whatever reason that is really effective for me uh, in particular. And it almost always yeah, is the and, case. Depends, you know, I uh, guess that's another great example of just changing your, where you mm-hmm. were at, like mm-hmm. moving Right. And being somewhere else. Those are two incredibly important things. I do wonder too, I mean, you're the bigger picture. And this is what I'm trying to break up to with this idea of, of sort of viewing other people's lives and getting outside of your own um, is that you're pretty motivated to keep your job and, you know, do your podcasts and continue to build your online empire of mind <laughs> control. Yeah. <laughs> um, or whatever. You know, don't tell them. <laughs> Sorry. People we're controlling are not supposed to know. Yeah, that, they're not supposed to tell them. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So, so that bigger picture can keep, um, keep you going, and then you have these sort of smaller things that uh, you can do to manage the difficult days, right? 
And and I'm wondering too if that's something he needs to do is to figure out what his bigger picture thing is because it it's not currently hobbies his mm-hmm. family his it's his dog and it's got to get bigger than that. Well, that, and that's a thing, right? So obviously he loves his dog and and it's one of the reasons one of the things that keeps him going every day. What about yeah. volunteering at an animal shelter and because they always need people to like take the dogs out, walk them, feed them, stuff like that, and yeah. um. Maybe other people, you know, this kind of takes the other people equation out of it, but he's still outside of his, his surroundings and then outside of his, um, uh, mental surroundings too. He's focused yeah. on mm-hmm. helping the dogs and, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Dogs yeah, are a huge and part of all this. mean that is nothing but good for you. Yeah. Right. Dogs are the it's best. Like I mean, me love mm-hmm. laying on the couch with Rainer for 20 minutes it's all i need in life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's amazing Mm -hmm. so go if you go help a bunch of other awesome dogs or whatever yeah this is a really good one i like that yeah that's great suggestion scott Uh, you got one what uh, he can do besides walk around block um, and i mean in the in the big sense of purpose things maybe uh, i don't know um it always good for me to reach out to people who are going through harder things so sometimes I'll do this. I'll be like, you know, just checking social stuff and I'll see something on Facebook from somebody in our community or an old friend or whatever. But often it's somebody in our community and they'll be like, oh, we need everybody's thoughts today. Uh, got a big surgery coming up or, you know, something like that. And uh, if I use that as a way to like reach out to them and like offer help if we can and, you know, just kind of say, hey, we're thinking about you and maybe mention them on the show or whatever. That really uh, helps me deflect what I, you know, my my boohoo, woe is me moment and deflect it over and say, well, there's somebody having a way harder time than me. So yeah. let's see if I can't yeah. be a positive influence there. That helps a lot, I think, to be able to do that. And yeah. it's not unlike your, you know, it's not as maybe tangible as giving away food at a, at a street corner, but it's a it's a way of like getting out of yourself and focusing on somebody else a little bit. Yeah. And everyone has their own sort of thing that, that gets them right. Like, so but my cause is my, you know, that, that ring my bells are not going to be the same as someone else's. So what often what I have done with clients um, is that I, we, we talk through what have you seen in the news or on social media or heard about local or bigger, doesn't matter that moves you to tears like this. I always tell people like start if you're addicted to your Instagrams or your TikTokers or whatever, <laughs> find some good news versions of those. Um, and on the regular follow their content of these incredible stories where people and animals are amazing and they just do good things and are so kind to each other. And you're just like, wow. And if you cry at one of those, then then we know it hit a button for you. And what is that button? And we start to explore what that is. So what is it that, you know, you care about rescue dogs, okay? Or you care about children in foster care, or you care about, like, you just find what you care about. And you will if you are, if you're exposing yourself to things out there that are not, it's not just the sad story. It's, it's kind of the hopeful stories actually that help people find this. And that you, you end up seeing like, wow, I kind of care about this thing. 
And then that's a good direction to go. So you don't need to go do my thing or Scott's thing or Brian's thing. You, what is what is a thing that maybe in the past, and this might be another another way for him to think about this. When he was a kid, what used to make him laugh? Or when he was a kid, what was um, a thing that just felt playful or interesting, kind of tapping back into younger, the younger self? Um, before a lot of this maybe kicked in. And so sometimes that's a way to, to find that thing. And then, and here's the thing, I, this is, I'm making this incredibly simple, but also I get that it's very hard. And that is do one thing, just one thing. Now, do I think you need to get a medeval and new interventions and maybe try ketamine? Sure, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. But I also recognize you have to have some motivation to do that and that's not gonna come from nowhere. So this would this is kind of my theory here is that you find one thing to just get out of your life about. And it can't be that you just donate money, can't be that you just um read about it and now feel informed. Our brain does that. As you know, we have um infectious disease experts like millions of them that just live in their little houses and have never studied. <laughs> because we think We've done something. Our brain is smart, but it also thinks we've done something when maybe we really haven't. So really think about something you can, you are actually doing. You have to get outside of yourself. It could be as, as like, you're going to go volunteer at the library and just straighten up books. Like that's doing something, but it has to be outside of your normal and off a screen. I'm going to just make that, especially if you, he's using screen so much to just escape. It needs to be something in real life. So find, find what moves you. Do one thing about it. And it can be small. In fact, it has to be small. You're not going to start out as running the, an organization. You just start small. Um, he didn't mention his job, did he? No, 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 he did not. He, the only time he mentioned his job is very early in the email. He just said, just keep this as uh, anonymous as possible. I don't want it. It would threaten my job. But so I know he's working. Oh, got it. That's okay. all I know for sure. Yeah. So yeah. probably not something to do with his job. <laughs> something mm-hmm. different from his job mm-hmm. if there's no yeah. motivation there yeah. or you know etc okay right. so this is tricky and we would really love to hear the follow-up for him like for sure listen if people can give a 50 cents and make my kids day um <laughs> by the way my middle child's now feeling a little jealous that we have no <laughs> yeah. so i said hey we'll wait a year and then i don't know maybe I don't know. We'll come up with something that people can support you. In. Well, you know, if it inspires them to, to uh, say, mm, maybe I need to look at a charity that I can uh, help as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. But I told him we got to give you guys a break because that was beyond generous. So I appreciate that. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is such a good supportive environment. There are people here that would in a heartbeat be thrilled for this person and want to support and help. So, I mean, find one thing, tell us about us. Let us, let us help you with this. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll donate money to your thing, whatever it is. Just like, you know, there's, there's a lot of good and a lot of good to be done. And there is a lot of people you haven't met yet that might be just the closest, best people in the, in the world for you. But th- this story is solid. This I'm depressed. There's no, no help for me. Nothing is motivating that's a fortress that not many people will ever get through. And so we have to figure out a way for you to get out of it from the inside. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'd love, we'd love to hear back from you. And, um, 
I'd love to, I'd love in the like six months to hear back from this guy saying, Oh my gosh, I'm in such a better place now. You know, one oh, of those stories yeah. would be amazing. Uh, so we can, you know, we can look forward to that. I hope, uh, excellent. Uh, one more reminder, realsteps.org launching off the news yeah. phase over there. Let's get it going. Yeah. All 2021 starts on Monday. Um, I've just, as I pulled up discord, saw we, we, we do all our chatting in discord and I saw it. Tons of people introducing themselves who've logged in. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. I am so excited for this round. And I, I mean, it feels uh, unethical to tell this guy to join Real Steps, but I want him to. Yeah. <laughs> because we're going to solve every problem he just listed, except for obviously if there's something deeply biological or psychological we can't do through a group. But it's it's awesome. It's support. It's dealing with all the facets of being human and slowly improving how we feel and um, interact in our worlds. And it's, it's good stuff. So yeah, please join us and uh, fun. Yeah, and I say there. dumb words all the time. It's neat. I don't <laughs> yeah. change. I'm like this all the time. Yeah. She's always like this. <laughs> right. So you can, yeah. you, your consistency at the very least, uh, check that out again, realsteps.org. If you have any questions about how it works, what it is, it's all there. It's all public. So okay. go check it. Thanks. Have a wonderful Good week. Wendy. Bye you now. You too. Bye. <laughs> uh, she talked about Elliot, her middle kid. He is the greatest kid on this planet. Oh, really? He's okay. such a sweet kid and never needs or asks for anything. So I'm not surprised that we sandwiched it. We got something for for uh, for Abraham years ago, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. now Peter's getting all this. And mm-hmm. and there's poor Elliot in the middle, just just fine. He's fine. <laughs> just continuing about yeah. his. Uh, his his life yeah he's middle, middle child he's wow. as middle kid as you get man it's just hilarious he's a great kid though that's cool uh we're done with the today's show that means pretty much the week of morning shows is done however where there will be a pm a pm edition of the show tomorrow i think dan will be there I talked to him uh, earlier this week he'll be back oh, from good. all his hockey stuff so we'll have a little visit from dan if you're curious good. what is this pm edition of the show well you have to be on our patreon to find out patreon.com slash TMS. You get a live version of the show as well as the podcast feed and all this bonus daily content. Uh, always a wonderful ad-free, amazing experience. And you're going to want to get that over at patreon.com slash TMS for everything else about the show you're looking for. Uh, frogpants.com slash TMS. And now we leave, but not without a song. It is the rule. It's the, uh, you know, the show just doesn't feel done until a song is heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a great one. Jay wrote in. Didn't say anything more about uh, his or her name. Jay. Birthday request here. That's all they say about that, too. Oh, Happy uh, birthday to you! Happy birthday. Jay is a person of few words. Have you ever wondered what a mashup of Tron and Star Wars might look like? Mm. Well, at least we can get a taste of what the soundtrack, soundtrack might sound like. Uh, tip. Mo volume is mo better. Uh, turning the volume up to OSHA limits on this one. Yeah. Uh, this is great. This is the Force theme performed by Scandroid. So happy birthday, Jay, uh, whoever you are. And uh, enjoy this. This is fantastic. From a single that they released in 2017, here is uh, the Force theme by Scandroid.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. You don't scare me! Ooh. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.